Hi Triber, we're back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists to CEOs and conflict photographers to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe. Hi Triber, welcome back to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Aren't we all just so happy that Christmas is around the corner? Now I am under no illusion, I understand how stressful and turbulent the holiday season can be for some, especially couples. Being in a relationship myself, I really wanted to call in an expert to talk about connecting with a partner in the lead up and during the holidays. Christy is a licensed marriage and family therapist and more importantly she previously worked at eHarmony as an expert because as always Triber we like to interview the best. In this episode Christy truly dives into how the stress of Christmas impacts men and women differently, how you can deeply connect emotionally with your partner in the lead up and during the holidays and exactly what you can do to set yourself up for an incredible relationship in 2021. Whether you are currently single, going through heartbreak or if you are already in a relationship. This is a wonderfully insightful and healthy episode, one that is going to help you so, so much. Let me know what you think in the Smart Girl Tribe Society only on Facebook. Hi, Christy. Thank you so much for coming on to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast today. Can you just share your story with our audience, please? Sure. And thanks so much for having me, Starlet. It's a pleasure to be here. So my name is Dr. Christy Kadarian, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and have a doctorate in educational psychology. And I basically focus my work on relationships. I got my start working with couples in marriage and family therapy and learning about what makes a relationship work and what doesn't. And then um, a few years after I got licensed as a marriage and family therapist, I started working at eHarmony, which I'm sure you guys have in the UK as well. Um, It's worldwide is one of the first dating sites and they started their company based on um, the science of compatibility basically. And so I learned a lot there when I worked there as a professional matchmaker on what makes relationships compatible, what makes them work, and what makes them thrive long-term. Then I continued my career as a professional matchmaker. I worked um, for a Match.com affiliate, so I worked with basically every dating site to um, help people find love. And I've had worked with hundreds of people. I've had many successful marriages, relationships, um, even some babies come out of couples that I've matched. And now I help um, singles as a dating coach and consultant find love through therapeutically proven principles. So I use research a lot because I think oftentimes people think they'll just meet someone, fall in love, and everything will be happily ever after. But I bring the science into that because I truly believe that great relationships are a combination of art and science. It's that chemistry, that um, difficult to define quality, as well as some things that we found in science are true of what makes a good relationship. So I help people, I basically upgrade their love life. I help them um, 
audit their dating profiles, um, do some like brand management technically for their um, for their dating profiles, and then I help them connect with people that are a good fit while also helping them understand more about who they are, what they're looking for, and I absolutely love it. Wonderful. Now let's talk about relationships, especially during the holidays, Christy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it is a time for family and joy. So why do you think the stress really gets to so many couples? This is a great question. I believe that through my many years of working with couples, the holidays, although they come with so many great expectations, expectations can also be a big threat to relationships. Often, a lot of our hopes, our um, fears, and things we long for come to the surface during the holidays, and especially for couples, this can bring a lot of pressure. Maybe there were expectations about where their relationship would be. Maybe they're dating and they, oh, the one person in the couple wishes they were engaged. Maybe they're married, but they really want to have babies. There's always that expectation involved with um, the holidays, also because it's the time that you gather with family members who fortunately or unfortunately also bring with them expectations and some of that pressure as well. Oftentimes we're defined by where we are um, in the trajectory of life, which is, you know, when you're single, they're asking if you're dating. When you're dating, they're asking if you're getting engaged. When they're engaged, are you married? You have a kid. When's the second one? There's always this like, what's next mentality attached. And it's not always from bad intentions, but often it puts that pressure on relationships that they can, you know, comfortably live outside of when it's not the holiday season. And let's dive deeper into this. During the lead up, up to the Christmas holidays, how does it tend to impact men emotionally? And then how does it, you know, on average impact women emotionally? Right. So I uh, study a lot of attachment theory and I use this with a lot of um my clients and essentially some of the although we don't want to stereotype some of the common traits we see in men emotionally is that when that there's that pressure and expectation they tend to withdraw they feel like they're not doing enough they're not living up to someone's um, expectations of them uh, sometimes that's a male role model when they were growing up that they needed to achieve this level of success and they're not and so with that that it tends to make them want to withdraw and disconnect emotionally, which then um, I believe that all the emotions um, exist in a dynamic. So when a man withdraws, according to attachment theory, then the woman gets more anxious and starts pursuing. So then she might become very anxious. She might be um, what is perceived as nagging. She might be asking, okay, when's the next step? Uh, when do I get what I'm really hoping for in this relationship? So how do both genders then, do you think, Christy, take it out on one another typically? Do you think there's a difference? We were just talking about disconnection, that mm. it impacts women and men differently. Do we take it out on each other very differently as well? Yeah, I think so. I think that women tend to be more vocal and express their emotions because that's what's more accepted societally from women and men tend to bottle it up, but then potentially portray it in more um, 
aggressive ways in certain moments, like they tend to be more angry and more comfortable with that anger. So sometimes there might be some of those blow up fights, or there might be times that um, the woman just kind of like complaining or having long periods of time that she's feeling um, discontent. So oftentimes this can lead to similar emotions, but expressed um, differently because of what society really allows for us as women to express as well as what men feel comfortable expressing. So let's take all of this kind of stuff then and turn it all into a positive. How can we best prepare emotionally for the holidays? Because for a lot of people, it is a stressful time. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think what's very important is to decide both individually and as a couple what your boundaries are during this time. So often we feel, again, like we have expectations of we need to be spending all of these days with each family and overextending ourselves. And what happens then is that we're, we get tired, emotionally tired, physically tired, and it's a lot easier to lash out when we're tired at each other, or, you know, tired from the circumstances. But what is really important is to assess, what do I feel comfortable with? Think in advance. Do I feel comfortable with going Thanksgiving at my partner's family's house? If I do, how long do I feel comfortable? Do I feel comfortable with the whole day, weekend, staying there? If we're traveling, should we go to a different, you know, should we get a hotel room? Like ask all these questions in advance. So you're never pulled into doing something that you don't want to be doing and overextending your own boundaries. Additionally, if you feel like there are going to be expectations or pressures that are leading up to the holidays, having those conversations with your partner in advance. And sometimes even, you know, if you aren't already, but going to couples therapy to process these emotions in a safe space are really important because the last thing we want to do is have this disconnection during a holiday. And what um, we do have the opportunity to do during a holiday is take that moment and reflect on all of the amazing gifts and things that we've been given during the year. So um, when we are able to predict kind of what we might be feeling, we can prepare for it and then we can prepare for having the best possible time just enjoying um, each other's company and the company of our families. Mm -hmm. And in the lead up, we all struggle with time. Do you, Christy, have any tangible ways that we can connect with our partner during the lead up? Yeah, I think time management is one of the biggest issues that couples will face in general is how do we balance the time that we spend with our partner versus our business, our work, um, our families. And what's most important here is to pay attention to people's love languages. So one of the love languages, and I use this a lot in my work, is uh, quality time. And I think that if that's the way that your partner really connects and knowing that that's important, you really have to prioritize that. Obviously, in relationships, if you're with your partner, um, you've chosen each other because you bring out that positivity in each other and you want, you see, a future together. And I think that when you know that and you can prioritize, then you can understand, okay, my partner really feels loved when I spend this time, but maybe their love language is, isn't quality time. Maybe it's words of affirmation. So connecting, sending texts throughout the day, or, you know, writing a nice card, things like that will make them feel really loved when time isn't um, a really available commodities. So it's really about knowing your specific partner's needs and how you can meet them. And also, you know, like any relationship, the more time you spend together, the stronger and closer you'll be with friendships or family. So it's really important to keep that in mind as you're prioritizing your relationship as well. 
then how can we connect with our partner actually during the holiday season? I know like so many other women, we tend to have these conversations in the lead up to the holiday. And I suggest, you know, maybe talk about looking for gifts together and things like this. As an expert in this field, Christy, what would you suggest? Yeah, so I think that what's really important, again, is going back to priorities. So if you, during the holidays, you know, your schedule's packed, you either one or both of you are traveling, it's really important to keep that sacred time with your partner and then prioritize relationships as far as, okay, which friends do you have the opportunity to see after the holidays? Which family members can you kind of connect with for a shorter period of time? So again, asking yourself these questions around priorities and then coming up with ways to communicate them in a way that doesn't, um, that communicates that you love, you know, your friends, love your family, but you're setting those boundaries. And through doing that, I think that strengthens all of your relationships when you're coming from that sincere place. I think it's so evident when we're kind of doing things out of obligation or we're forced to be somewhere and we don't really feel like we have time. So I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind. And additionally, like doing things um, in transition. So yeah, if you want to hang out with a friend, but you both need to go Christmas shopping, like doing that together or with your partner. If you know you have to buy groceries or you have to cook for a family and get together, having that time together. So trying to use those, um, things that cost net time. So it's like no extra time to do those things, but just doing them together can help bring that closeness. But remember that any relationship that you're in, if if they're going to be upset that you're setting that boundary, it's probably not the healthiest relationship to begin with. So it's time to kind of prioritize and reconsider what your, um, your relationships look like and how you want them to look. You don't want any of them to lead to more anxiety or stress. Mm-hmm. Do you think everyone's emotions are heightened during this period or are some people a lot more prone to heightened emotions than others? I think it depends on someone's personal experiences with the holidays. Obviously, if there are any associations with um, grief, loss of a loved one, these can be really difficult times to manage. And I think something that um, I always joke about around the holidays is that you always see something that you don't have when you're um, around the holidays. So if you're single, you're, you're always seeing these Hallmark movies of everyone in a relationship. If you're in a relationship, you're seeing all these people having fun that are single and you're like, man, I wish I was doing that at these holiday parties. So it kind of brings up because obviously it's also owned by, um, our consumer, um, or the marketplace that, oh, you, you, you know, it's coming from a place of lack. Oh, you don't have this, buy this, you need this, you need to get this. It's very um, consumer driven in that sense. So it's making you think, oh, I really need things that I don't have. And that could also come up in your personal life and relationships of, oh, I must need something that I don't have. Everyone else seems happy. Why am I not? So it kind of can trigger that lack rather than being grateful and having, which Thanksgiving hopefully does, being grateful and have that opportunity to um, take advantage of what you do have rather than think about what you don't have. And one thing I'm really excited to do with you, Christy, Mm -hmm. is debunk some scenarios. So what do we do maybe if we want to connect with our partner, but they say they just don't have the time, work is taking over, that we've got more time after the holidays? How can you both get on the same page? 
Yeah, this is a great question. I think that basically my answer always to the statement that I don't have time means that I'm not a priority. So I think that ultimately everybody has the same 24 hours in the day as Beyonce, right? Is that saying? But obviously she has a lot of people working for her that maybe we don't if we're solopreneurs or just, you know, not, um, not at the head of a company. But I think ultimately what we have to do is think about our priorities and really hone in on that. Like I said before, I think ultimately if you, then this might be an actual tangible homework assignment with you and your partner, sit down with your calendars and see where you actually might have time. You might think you don't have time, but then you realize, oh, I'm spending this much time, you know, watching a show or, um, you know, that I don't need to be doing on this assignment that can be done later. And again, it might be that it looks a little bit different during the holidays. Like you do the planned activities together there might be they're not there might not be as many like intentional date days or things like that outside of them but that quality time even if it's in the morning maybe you need to wake up earlier maybe you need to sleep earlier maybe there are some sacrifices that need to be made but the ultimate sacrifice that should not be made is the connection with you and your partner because uh you can't that's something you can't postpone it has to be worked on every day to be a strong and healthy relationship absolutely and what is the best way to approach your partner's family if you just don't get along with them? <laughs> Nobody ever has this problem, right? <laughs> I think ultimately, if you love your partner, you also have to have that love and respect for their family. And it might look differently. It doesn't need to mean that you want to spend every day or a full week at their house for the holidays. It just might look differently based on your personal boundaries and what might get triggered for you. So again, this might be something that you and your partner need to plan for. If there's some specific person in their family that constantly is you know, saying mean remarks or things like that, this might be something that your partner actually should address with their mom or their family member rather than a fight that you think you need to, you know, put up or something that you need to be feeling bad about. And expressing that to your partner can help bring you guys closer, but can also um, help to build that understanding that you two are a team and that it's not him and his family against you or that he's that fear that he's going to side with his family. So really get to the root of what about which family member you don't like or that something's rubbing you the wrong way. Discuss it with your partner and then come up with some ways that you can, you know, manage it, some boundaries you can place around how much time you are around them and preparing yourself in advance so that you're not triggered or reactive when you're in situations where you might be uncomfortable. Absolutely. And another thing, Christy, is I would love to say that everyone can absolutely get along, but obviously that's not always true. So if we do try and talk to our partner, but they just think, you know what, I really don't see the issue that you're talking about. I would rather not talk to that person. Is there mm -hmm. anything that we can do or say to ourselves to make ourselves feel better? Because sometimes you are put in really uncomfortable positions mm -hmm. and your partner's just not maybe willing to go there and have that conversation. Because as we all know, families are very, very touchy subjects. So mm -hmm. is there anything or any tangible tips or tricks that you have that we can tell ourselves or talk to ourselves about to make us feel a lot more comfortable, I guess. Yeah. And I think this is something that you can implement all year round. And so that it becomes something you're really strong about no matter 
um, what time you're faced with people that might rub you the wrong way or might offend you in some way. One way that I always um, think is a great thing to implement at any point is affirmations, um, self-affirmations about yourself and your worth. And there might be specific things that people have said about you or negative things and, and coming up with the opposite of that is really important. So if, you know, if a family member says that they think that you're like a gold digger or something like saying, um, having the affirmation that you have, I have worth, I don't need money to define me, things like that, um, can be really helpful to strengthen your mindset. So when you're in that situation, you know that their words don't have power over who you are and your identity. And additionally, I think that's an important conversation, exactly like you said, to have with your partner so you can understand where they're coming from. Maybe they also don't feel comfortable with this family member. And so they don't want to get triggered or whatever their background story is, but making sure that you're staying aligned with your truth as well. And something that's always an option for you if you're with family is to give yourself a little bit of a timeout, like go to the bathroom, like just kind of get away from, um, somebody that might be triggering to you. That's always an option that you can have. Sometimes people feel stuck or trapped when they're at a family gathering, but know that you always have that opportunity to have a little bit of escape, maybe take a, a few breaths outside or talk to somebody else, and then you won't be as reactive potentially and you can kind of engage as well. But I think that it's so important to understand that because somebody has those feelings about you or is saying negative things, that doesn't reflect everybody in the family and it also potentially doesn't you know, reflect your partner's thoughts, obviously, about you if they're with you. So I think that that's really important to kind of center yourself and not let what other people are saying define you, um, as well as understanding that, you know, that saying hurt people hurt other people. So if they're that, if they have that energy, they must be going through something as well, and maybe are especially triggered around the holidays as well. So having that mindset that typically when people are being mean to you, it really has nothing to do with you and kind of removing yourself from that energy can be freeing as well. And then a couple of more scenarios, I guess, Chris. Mm -hmm. So when we go home, sometimes we revert to our childlike selves, if you like. Mm -hmm. If we feel that our partner is changing when at home, a couple mm -hmm. of examples, maybe they were the golden child in their family and they retort to that. Or, you know, as women being people pleasers, I know mm -hmm. I go home and I want to help out everyone all at the same time. And I want to do everything. And I've had partners say, you know, you really need to calm down. You're yeah. a lot more relaxed when we're at home. So for mm -hmm. anyone listening, who's thinking, you know what, I just feel personally that my partner's very different when they're around his or her family. How can mm -hmm. we have that conversation with them? Yeah, I think this this happens so frequently, and I think that what's what's ultimately really important is that um, I would first not try to make any like rash decisions or probably have any big conversations when you're still with the family. So if it's something you can process and reflect on and kind of hold space with. Um, hopefully, if it's not as you know intense or um, alarming, um, then you can kind of have that um, reflection yourself. Even if you do have a few minutes, like saying, okay, I'd like to kind of address something, but making sure that you're giving yourself that space to process it if you don't have that opportunity to process it with the partner. And then after the time, having that time to say, hey, like this is something I noticed, not in an accusatory way, but in an observatory way as like, oh, this is something I noticed and getting to know 
more about their background because that will be really important for you if you're going to plan a future with them, a future family, knowing that different environments can bring out different parts of somebody and maybe they're not even aware of that. So this can be a really big growth step in both your connection and that self-development, but not approaching in a way that one person, one version of you is better or worse, but rather what can we understand more about each other and what different family members or different experiences bring out so that we can have that deeper understanding standing and grow more into the person that we want to be. But I think if you are able to like process it on your own when you're in uh, in that space, it's probably better because you're not going to have the full time to, you know, ha go into that probably when they're with their family, but being able to say, okay, maybe it's not dishonest to um, hold this for a little bit and then bring up a, at a later time when it's more appropriate and we can go through it. But just kind of having that ob observation saying, oh, it's interesting. Like, I wonder what brings up that part of somebody and learning more about the different sides of them as well kind of can lead to the deeper love. I love that. What sound mm -hmm. advice, Christy? And again, mm -hmm. another scenario what can we do if as a couple we have a huge argument just a couple of days maybe even the night before christmas how can we approach our partner because sometimes a lot of us can be very stubborn mm -hmm. we can find it very difficult especially if we feel that we're in the right so yeah. how can we best go about that and approach our partner coming from that kind of place yeah, so I know none of us have been there, right? Show of hands, who's ever been in that argument for a holiday? And I think what's really interesting about that is, again, it goes back to that um, we believe or we have expectations that the holiday has to look a certain way. It has to be perfect. And most times when we really want that, it goes the opposite way. But I think what's really important when we're, you know, in that space is knowing that, you know, this time period, it can be very triggering for us. So it doesn't, it's not a reflection of your your partner or you um, if you do have more arguments you know I often say that to couples right now during this crisis and pandemic that we're going we're experiencing to not make these like rash judgments when people are going through a really difficult time and it might be similar around the holidays there might be things that are triggering that and I think one of my favorite sayings is that is it better to be right or is it better to be connected? So I think like looking deeper into that, I think um, understanding your potential part in the dynamic, which can be a very humbling experience, but every argument has both sides of the dynamic. So there's something that your partner did that triggered you. There's something that you did that triggered your partner. Understanding your part of the dynamic without sacrificing the fact that there might be some other issue that needs to be addressed and worked through on a deeper level. But for this sake of knowing that that does have to happen while you're you know not maybe in a space or time that you can do that saying okay I know that there are some things that I'd like to talk about about you know how you communicated your feelings to me and there's these things I'd like to work on I understand we're like in a holiday period right now and we're with your family or with my family is there a way that we can kind of you know just try to put these things aside as a we address them later and um, and then look at your part of the dynamic you know maybe there's something you should um, you want to apologize for in your reaction. Maybe there's something that you notice that you wish you did differently, starting with that and then ending with like, let's kind of, um, postpone this. It can be really healing. First of all, for you to have that 
opportunity to, um, you know, address what you might have felt. And that humbling experience might also um, prompt your partner to say, oh yeah, I did have that dynamic. I am sorry. And that might actually help you guys be more connected. Often when you feel like you are stubborn, you don't want to do the initiating, but that can really change the tone of what you're, um, what is going on with your relationship. I often say this with my husband that, um, oh, like I notice, like if we're, if tensions are building or like in an argument, if one of us like does something that is funny or like lighthearted or make a joke, it automatically like eases it. And then we are actually able to reach that repair and resolution quicker. And then we realize like, oh, that was dumb. Whatever we were fighting about, we sometimes you don't even remember. So trying to take that approach, not that every sort of behavior is right or acceptable, but trying to take the approach of like, oh, is this an argument worth arguing? If it is, okay, how do we pull out the learning points from it and then discuss it at another time? Or is this just something that we're doing because we're both stressed and we're in this new environment? And should we just kind of like laugh it off and move um, like move along this can be really important because we don't have to you know you don't have to die on every hill right um so it's not every single battle we don't have to like go at it but looking at the deeper meaning of okay well i understand they're in this environment they're going through this time how can i um address what i what my part of this dynamic and how can we move forward and and especially during the holidays kind of have more of an opportunity to connect and grow of course. And sometimes, Christy, as we both know, things go horribly wrong. And December and January are both the most popular months for breakups. So being an expert, I'm curious to know, because none of us are given this manual to love, if you like, or making a relationship work. How do we know if we're in that headspace, if we're just going through something, if our relationship is a good relationship, how do we know that? Or how do we also know equally if it's the right time to break up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is such a big question. And I have so many clients I've worked with be in relationships that either kind of fell apart during the holidays or, um, you know, were already falling apart and just didn't want to break up over the holidays. So I think what's very important, um, bringing back to what I said earlier, is having some of these difficult conversations before the holidays can be really helpful. But if you're in that situation now um, and it's feeling like you're either feeling really unfulfilled in the relationship, there you've pre um, previously brought up and communicated things that were not working for you in the relationship and there hasn't been a clear, you know, honest and healthy communication. There hasn't been a willingness to go get professional help or try to work on things. And it's just led to further and further disconnection. These might all be signs that the relationship isn't working. Um, I think it's a combination between having that healthy communication, having aligned values. Maybe you felt for a long time that you really believe certain things and want certain things for your future and your partner's going in a different direction in their future. Th this might, that might be a sign that you guys are not compatible or might not be um, working out. And I think that um, additionally, um, if you have not brought up these things, a lot of times I'm, I work with people who are in relationships that they just either because they haven't felt the space or freedom to do so, or they haven't been aware of it, don't bring up their dissatisfaction, don't bring up their difficult emotions. And then the, their partner ends up being blindsided um, when the relationship ends. So I um, would encourage if you're kind of in that zone, you're on the brink of that, um, 
to express those things to your partner and see what happens because oftentimes I think relationships can end prematurely when both people have not felt the safety and freedom to express their emotions. Whereas if they did, they might actually discover that their partner can meet their needs, but the problem is they haven't been um, expressing them. So I think that trying that before ending a relationship is always helpful because you might look back on that relationship and wish like you did things differently. And the worst thing about an, in ending a relationship is you being the one that regrets doing it because of how you did or didn't respond or react or you weren't your full self. And I think that the best time when you have been your authentic self, you've communicated clearly, you've been in touch with your emotions and express them, and it's still not working out, then that you're going to leave that relationship being better rather than feeling potential guilt or regret. And you're going to say, I did you know, the best I could. And I tried to you know, make this work, but it was clear that we weren't aligned. That's going to be a lot healthier than the opposite. So that's what I really um, encourage you to do right now. If you're in that space, really be in touch with your emotions and ex learn how to express them with your partner and then see what happens. Do the majority of your clients, Christy, who broke up during the holidays, do you think they did it prematurely or on the whole, was it time to break up? I think that if they actually did it during a holiday, then it was probably too late. <laughs> I think sometimes um, if they did it right after a holiday, sometimes it it can be premature because they brought those expectations that weren't met into the holiday and then they can they didn't get that time with their partner that they wanted. So it made them feel even more dated and then the relationship um and you know ends so i think that there's that piece of it that if you're going through the relationship all alone and you feel all alone then that's a warning sign right there that either there's something that you're doing to not to connect or maybe your partner's not making it safe or comfortable to express your feelings so then those are both um red flags but typically either they're just overwhelmed with these expectations and this pressure and it didn't go how they wanted to and that was a big letdown that what then was the you know straw that broke the camel's back or they've just kind of been going through these emotions in isolation and don't feel like there's a way out to actually work through them with their partner so they just need a way out then i want to discuss preparing for the new year what are some ways we can best prepare maybe during the holidays or even before the holidays to mm -hmm. set ourselves up for an incredible relationship in 2021 Yes, 2021 is our year, right? <laughs> so I think what's really important, and I say this to all my clients, is coming from a place of abundance in relationships. So often we think, and this can be really heightened during the holidays, we think that if we get a relationship then that's when we get can receive all the things we want joy companionship partnership peace freedom all the things that we really want we think are on the other side of a relationship and what i always encourage clients to do is notice how all of the things that you want in a relationship are already present right now in your relationship with yourself so there's ways that you can create more joy in your life there's ways that you can connect with friends and family you have all of the tools it takes to create all of those experiences and emotions that you want you don't need a partner to do those things it should when you are in a relationship and you're getting ready for a relationship 
um, in the future, you want to come from that place of abundance. So you're not in that, oh, if I don't have this person, then I can never be these things. So that's a really important foundation to start from. Second, I would say try to cultivate joy in your life. So whatever you enjoy doing, do more of that. Oftentimes, the number one thing I get um, I hear from people is that they really want someone who enjoys life and, you know, is fun and funny and you enjoy being with them. Well, if you don't enjoy being with yourself and you're not enjoying life, it's going to be really hard to attract that kind of person. So really creating those opportunities, whatever it is that has you feeling joyful, feeling fulfilled, do more of those things and fill your life with that. And then you're going to attract that right person. And then third, I would say, you really have to put yourself out there. I think there's a lot of hesitation with going on dating apps. There's a lot of controversy around, you know, meeting people or how you meet people or, you know, maybe you're too busy or you feel too busy with work. Um, but I think what's really important is that if this is something you want, you have to prioritize it. Similar to what I said before about people in relationships. You really want a relationship, you have to prioritize it. And that means that you have to figure out how you can stay in the game, how you can be, um, you know, I meet so many female entrepreneurs that are so successful and so persevering in their careers. And then they just give up on the dating app after they don't meet someone for a week. So it's really one of those things that you, the only way to really fail or not get in a relationship is by giving up and by stop, um, you know, by stopping your search. So I think it's really important to kind of keep that in mind and prioritize it and put that time and energy in like you would anything else. If you wanted to, if you had fitness goals, if you have business goals, you're going to put a lot of time, energy, you know, even investing financially in it. And same with a relationship. We have to have that mindset and not give up in that. So I think those are my three takeaways for, um, building incredible relationship. No, I love those. Thank you so much for sharing, Christy. And then for anyone who is in a relationship who really wants to make 2021 their year to connect even more with their partner, you know, emotionally, maybe spiritually, what would your advice be for them? Yeah, I think that what's really important when you're hoping to go to that next level with your partner is first by understanding more about who they are as a person. So something I have all my clients do is take the Enneagram test. Knowing more about your personality can do so much for your relationship because you understand more about them. Learning their love languages, you understand more about who they are and how you can connect with them. And that can really grow your relationship. Second is understanding both their past and future. So when we know more about their upbringing, their past, um, which is a lot of the work that I've done in therapy is understanding people's um, past and their family dynamics. This can shed so much light on who they are in your relationship. The background and understanding of why they act how they act, the past can hold a lot of secrets um, that we often kind of either don't put as much importance on or we try to forget or ignore. But I think by going into our history, we really learn more about who we are in the present. And second is the future where um, you really have to talk, have those conversations with your partner of where they see themselves. Maybe, you know, if you're early in a relationship, you don't want to have that of like, where do you see us conversation? But at some point asking, you know, what their ideal future looks like and if it looks the opposite of yours then that's the time to kind of discuss like you know maybe you guys get along and you do a lot of things together you have a lot of similar interests but if your futures don't look the same then that might be something that you really need to ask yourself because I think I, I work with people that have been in relationships for years that have never had conversations about the future with their partner 
um, because of fear or uh, other reasons, but it's so important to understand what the past and future look like um, as well. And then the third would be just that emotional connection. So if you feel like you have that partner you can be completely yourself with, have those conversations. Um, one, one book that I really recommend, and we'll talk more about some resources later, is the book Eight Dates by John Gottman. He studied uh, relationships and has been able to predict um, after 30 seconds of watching a couple in his lab, the divorce rate of somebody. So he's like the expert of experts, Dr. John Gottman. And he wrote this book, Eight Dates. And it's this book designed for people in relationships to ask, have really meaningful, intentional dates, you know, not just going to a movie which we can't in the US now, but you know, it's not just like doing activities together. It's really understanding more about somebody and in a fun way as well. So really learning more and not ever getting into a rut in your relationship is really important. All, there's so many things to discover about your partner over time. They're never the same person twice. So it's really important to kind of have that understanding and that emotional connection build as well. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, Christy. Yeah. And one thing that I do every New Year's Eve is I love to journal and I love to write down and ask myself some really, really deep, meaningful questions. That's something that I would love to bring to my relationship. And I'm sure there are so many other women and men who are listening who are really into personal development and their own personal growth. So are there any questions that you would recommend that we have maybe over dinner on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day with our partner? So again, we're setting ourselves up for the best chance. Yeah. So I think that one of the questions that I always ask is that what is, um, what does your ideal future look like? So it's a little bit of like a visualization mixed with the question, but learning about their hopes, their dreams, their wishes, and this can really help bring out like the activity and um, help you, you know, draw closer and more excited to your partner as well as learning more about who they are and who they want to be. Um, a second one I ask is always like, what is what was one of your favorite childhood memories? And all, similarly, what was a like difficult childhood memory? Because those are some like moments that might seem what we might forget or might seem insignificant, but some of those moments really shape who we are as a person. So those are questions I always recommend asking. Um, additionally, I know you mentioned earlier around um, spiritually connecting, like learning about, you know, if they have a faith background or a religious background, like what are some of the things that they're learning spiritually about themselves and connecting in that way. Those are really important questions. Um, to learn more about them and also draw closer to each other. Um, and I think that another big thing, um, which is based in the personality test, the Enneagram is what are their deepest fears? Um, so this is kind of a deep and difficult question sometimes, but you learn a lot about a person when you learn about what their deepest fear is. And also what is your why? So learning more about like, what's their why for their job, what's their why for their relationship, how they are in the world, learning more about their whys can also give you a lot of context about who they are as a person and then christy what is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by yeah i love this question um i think one of my favorite quotes is by jim elliott and um he was a missionary um and he wrote this quote wherever you are be all there and live to the full of every experience you believe to be in the will of god and i just love that quote because i tend to be someone who um has a heart has had a hard time being very present i'm always like on the go or like doing a lot of things and i love that because i think especially in anything we do but 
um, especially with my work with clients and in my relationship, um, the gift of presence best gift that we can give to our partner or to anyone in lives and just like that importance of I hear this as feedback a lot of dates um, that my clients go on after the date I say oh like you know was it good and usually if it's good about they like never took their eyes off me they like kept their attention you know in a busy restaurant they were looking at me and I think that gift is just so beautiful so I love to live by that like being fully present wherever I am. That's beautiful. And as we mentioned a moment ago, Christy, what books or podcasts or even resources on love would you recommend to our audience? So one of my favorite books, like I said, John Gottman, Eight Dates, great book um, for anywhere that you are in a relationship. Um, one of my go-tos that I um, used to work with Dr. Neil Clark Warren, the founder of eHarmony, is Finding the Love of Your Life. I really recommend that for singles. And in that book, he sets some premises that are really um, contradictory to what we hear in pop culture often, one of which is that opposites attract. And he's found in his research that actually the more similar you are to somebody, the higher your chances of being in a long-term and um, loving relationship. So I love that book a lot. And also the book Attached. It, um, it's by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller, and it's about attachment theory, which I discussed a little bit earlier, but kind of some info about how we connect with other people and giving insights based on our past relationships um, into the future. Um, and yeah, podcasts, I mean, I, there are so many, but this one, obviously, Smart Girl Tribe. Um, I love um, Armchair Expert by Dax Shepard. And he has some, he actually had John Gottman. So if you go into your um, into your scroll, you can definitely look at that. Um, I love Brene Brown's new podcast. Anything basically self-development focused um, is huge for me. But those are a few that I really love. Do you have anything you would like to add? No, I think that's it. I think especially during the holidays, just giving yourself grace and focusing on gratitude and love during this time in whatever ways that you receive it without thinking that it should be a certain way or putting those expectations. That's really the message that I want to come across because love looks different for everybody. And if we can really appreciate the types of love we have right now, no matter what the expectation is, then that's really going to give us more of the love that we want in the future. Being a love expert, Christy, what do you think is your best piece of love or relationship advice? Yeah. <laughs> so my, and this might sound really cliche, but definitely work on your own relationship and building that love for yourself because that's when we really teach other people how to treat us. So when we treat ourselves with love and respect and the type of love that we deserve, then that's going to create um, that, you know, acceptability for only that type of love from somebody else. So I always say, you know, sometimes people say, okay, well, I want to be in a relationship. And I say, well, you don't want to be in any relationship. You want to be in a good relationship. Any of us could be in a relationship, but we really want to cultivate the type of relationship we want within ourselves and give ourselves that grace and that love that we want other people or our partner, future partner to give us. I love that. Well, again, thank you so much, Christy, for coming on to the podcast today. It was amazing to hear your advice and your wisdom on this subject. And good luck to everybody out there, whether single or in a relationship. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful holiday ahead and that it's full of laughter and love, I guess. 